Before today's episode, I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and recognise their continued connection to the beautiful land and sea. I'd also like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend this acknowledgement to the traditional owners of the land my listeners are on. Welcome to Ritual the Podcast, your cottage in the woods, a sacred space for the witches, the healers, the magical folk to meet and speak of wisdom, witchery, and old world magic, where people come to learn, to hear stories, to share secrets, and to be free to be their true selves. Welcome to Ritual. Hello everyone and welcome back to Ritual. My name is Amy Harvey and I will be your podcast person for today. Um, this week it is just me. I'm I'm writing solo um, and which is kind of cool. It's very quiet. It's very quiet here with my own thoughts but um, yeah I am going to be diving into a topic this week that's uh, it's a big one. And it can be, I guess, semi-heavy, well, really heavy, really, but I'll try and keep it as light as possible. But this is something that um, I have talked a lot about with people over on Instagram. Um, It is something that people have requested me touch on. And it's something that I think is so common, people would be shocked to find out how common it truly is. Um, and that is anxiety. Uh, now, I just wanted to start this episode, first of all, by saying I am in no way a medical professional. I have no degree in psychology or medicine of any kind. Um, and I am not going to be helping to fix anyone else's um, anxiety. All I wanted to do today is to share my own personal journey and share some things that I have learned along the way, which may help, which you may want to add onto your own tool belt um, if you do suffer from anxiety. Um, But really, I think hearing other people's journeys and their ways of tackling things, sometimes it will resonate with you and it might give you a new way of looking at your approach to it. So again, I am not a medical professional. So please just take uh, what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Uh, if something resonates with you, then that's amazing. But again, I'm, I have no degree in medicine. So anxiety, it is, it's a tough cookie. Um, I think it's something that looking back, I have always had, um, I come from family, a family with anxiety. So, and I know often it is passed down from generation to generation. Um, But for me, I think I've always had it, but not really understood that that's what it was. Um, So for me, anxiety, you know, the way I look at it is I always say that depression is usually when you're stuck in the past and anxiety is when you are trapped in the future. So you are constantly telling yourself about 50 different scenarios of how something could happen. Often worst case scenario as well. And 
it, you know, you could be going for a new job and then the fear of the unknown can just become super overwhelming. And then sometimes you just have days where you just feel like something is wrong um, and something is going to go wrong or someone's thinking something about you or, you know, it can literally spiral from anywhere. But it's just that feeling that something's not right, I'd say is the best way to describe it. Um, either something's not right or everything is too much. That's often how it manifests for me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I remember like when I was vet nursing, I would, if I started later in the day, I would say 99% of the time when I was like getting ready for work and on the way to go there, I would be riddled with anxiety because I'd be going, what's it going to be like in there? How busy is it going to be? Are people going to be in a bad mood? You know, are they going to be annoyed because I'm coming in late and they've been there for hours already? Like these are the kinds of thoughts that would come through my brain, just totally overanalyzing um, everything. But I found that if I was the one that actually started the day, so I was there first, then I didn't have it because I had total control of what was going on. I knew what was to come. I had a better grasp about it. So that anxiety didn't come. So having like starting later and having that fear of the unknown is a real trigger for me because it's like expecting the unexpected, but it's always the worst. And it's like, you've got that irrational, you've got, I always think of it as, there's like two parts of your mind with anxiety. One part is your rational and the other is the irrational. And they're having a constant conversation with each other. So you know, often you know that what you're thinking is completely insane and you're being stupid. You Because you tell yourself, you're like, you know, your irrational part's going, that person looked at me really funny. I don't think they like me. I think they have a problem with me. Actually, I think that I've done something wrong and they just don't like me anymore. And they go on and on and on about all the reasons why this person hates you, where your rational part is like, really? Can you hear yourself? Like, maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe it's actually got nothing to do with you. And then your rational part's like, no, it does have everything to do with me because I, you saw the way they looked at me. Like, they haven't looked like that at anyone else, it's just me. And so you have this constant battle between the two and it can just, it's exhausting. It, it really, really is exhausting. Um, well, that's how usually it would manifest for me again. So maybe for you, it's something different, but I often find with people that I've spoken to, um, that's usually how anxiety will go. Um, so my journey with it, like I said, it's always kind of been around, but I did hit a point where it got beyond my control. And in hindsight, it maybe it was a good thing because I often didn't do anything about it. I didn't have a proper understanding of anxiety or of my anxiety and my triggers and how I can fix it. I would just kind of let it run its course and feel like total crap and often cry <laughs> and just can't then I would just forget about it but after I got married um there was a whole bunch going on in my life I so I had um, a nine-month-old baby 
I got married. I was pregnant with my next baby. There was like huge drama going on in my life for like so many different reasons. All these things were happening. And we were also going through a really tough time financially, which is never easy. I think financial stress is probably one of the worst because it's that constant fear of like, you just have no security. And for me, like I've learned that having security is extremely important to me after going through all of this. Um, So there was a lot going on and I felt really pushed um, to the very, very brink mentally. And both Patty and I felt very isolated. We felt like obviously we were there for each other, but because of all the, the, like stuff that was going on. We just felt very isolated and we were also living quite like a way away from people. So physically we were isolated as well. And then, you know, you have the pressure of having a baby and then growing another baby and all, all of it was just basically a recipe for disaster. Um, But what happened was I started getting vertigo which I had never had before. Like I was super dizzy. I felt like I was rocking on a boat. And I went to the doctor because it just didn't stop. Like I had heard about vertigo, but didn't really get it. So I went to the doctor to get it checked out. And he said, yep, you've got vertigo. Um, Not much you can do about it. It will usually pass within a week or two. I was like, okay, that's fine. I can deal with that. A week or two passed and I still had it and it was horrible. I felt, I already felt sick from being pregnant, but I felt horrible. And I think it lasted maybe two months. And again, they were like, you know, you can't do much about vertigo. Um, It is what it is. And eventually it kind of, you know, petered out and left. Um, And then over the next maybe three years, it would come and go come and go and I would get these vertigo attacks or so I thought um and sometimes they would be really bad and sometimes they would be quite short and I always just labeled it as vertigo because that's what I had been told and so then we get to 2020 and we all know what happened in 2020 and I remember I was standing in the kitchen and I was meant to go out that night. And I think we had just heard that we were potentially going into lockdown or something like the supermarkets were empty and we couldn't get nappies, like something where it was like a real reality check of, holy shit, this thing is actually happening. Like it's, it's not just something you see on TV. It's a thing like this is happening in our suburb right as we speak and the reality of COVID hit me and literally the wave of dizziness hit at the exact same time and I felt as though someone had thrown me across the room and I could not walk I literally felt like I was back on that boat and everything around me was moving I couldn't see properly I had to hold on to the table just to like walk across the room and it went on and on and on and on and it did not stop and I felt horrendous and I 
you know, you, you start thinking like there's something wrong with me. Like there is something wrong. It's not vertigo. Like, is it a brain tumor? Do I, am I dying? Like is, you know, all the pot, I mean, I'm a hypochondriac at the best of times, but I was convinced there is something not right because this is not stopping. I feel so sick. I feel so stressed about it. And, you know, we're in this like pandemic. I couldn't even get into a doctor. And so it was horrible. And so eventually I did get a telehealth um, call and I described everything I was feeling. And the doctor said that I had to take calcium tablets (laughs) because apparently they were going to help me, which I'm sure you can figure this out for yourself, but um, they didn't work. And so I went to another doctor and he was horrible because he, he booked me in for all these brain scans. He was like real Dr. Doom. Like I was convinced after seeing him, I was going to die. Like there was something wrong with me, but he also didn't give me any information about what he thought it might be. Um, Just really someone who shouldn't be a doctor. And so after that, I was like, you know what? Stuff this. Like I, we have a family friend who I've known since I was three. He's a doctor. I'm going to him because I know he's good. I just hadn't gone to him because he was out of our bubble. And I, I don't know why. I just didn't even think about it. So I called him up and he was like, right, come in. Let's have a look at you. And so I explained to him, um, you know, everything that's been going on, that I have vertigo and it's just not going away. And I feel horrible. I can't see properly. I can't walk properly. I can't drive. And he actually like took the time to like, see what was going on. He's like, I think you do have vertigo. Like I can see your eyes like darting back and forth, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass you on to um, this specialist in um, at the Alfred hospital he, he specialized in vertigo and he's going to be able to help you. And I was like, thank God someone is listening to me and is actually doing something to help me, not like going, that's what you've got, bye. So off I went and I spoke to this guy. And unfortunately, again, I couldn't even go into the hospital. I had to do this on um, via Zoom, but credit to this guy, he was able to diagnose me just by looking at my eyes through a camera And he said to me, I just want you to know, you don't have vertigo. I was like, oh, okay. He goes, you actually have something called triple PD. So that's PPPD. And that stands for persistent postural perceptual dizziness. It's quite a mouthful, that one. That's why we're going to call it triple PD. Um, And he goes, and so what I want you to know is that this is actually a uh, mental condition, not a physical, but they happen to join together. And the first thing you need to understand is that you will probably have been looked at by doctors and physically they'll be able to see nothing and you'll feel crazy, but there's, but you're actually feeling something that's real. So please don't ever think that you're crazy because what's happening to you is very much a real thing, which was really nice to hear because often in these situations, you do feel like you're crazy and you've completely worked something up. So first of all, that was really nice to hear. 
But basically the idea of triple PD is that when you are under immense mental stress, it's like you have this friend in your brain who's like, I'm going to take over from here because what you're going through is really difficult and I don't think you can handle it. Unfortunately, this friend is like a super overprotective friend and everything is dangerous to them. But what your brain does is, so I may have actually had vertigo at the very beginning, but what happens is it takes that vertigo and it like cuts and pastes it. And it goes, when I feel like I'm in danger, I'm going to start spinning because that's what I should do. That's the reaction that I need to do. When I'm in danger, I'm going to spin. And so then you, when you're under that stress, you start to like literally rock back and forth because your brain is like, this will fix it. This will make everything better. But then you start to feel really sick and you start to feel stressed because you can't see anything and you can't walk. And so your brain goes, I'm feeling stressed. I'm going to spin even more. And it continues and you get stuck in this loop. And that's what has been happening to me for years. And it all made sense because the more stressed I got about it, the more it went on, the worse I felt. And then going to when COVID hit, obviously that was a huge mental stress, but that snapped it. And because there was a pandemic going on and I had felt so bad, I could not get out of that loop. And that's why it was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And so he said, the good news is you can control it. Unfortunately, it's not something that you will get rid of ever. It's going to be in your brain, but you are going to now rewire yourself to think differently so you can control it. And so then I was able to be put in touch with this amazing woman who is a psychologist and she did um, cognitive behavioral therapy to literally rewire my brain um, to help me with this like fight or flight mode that I was stuck in, that friend, the overprotective friend. And so she did things that I have, or she taught me things that I have felt have been so helpful for my anxiety. Obviously, it really helped with my triple PD is almost like an extreme version of anxiety. Um, but I've been able to use these tools in my normal everyday anxiety. So she did things um, where, let me see, I have to write it down. I, I wrote everything down because I really wanted to verbalize this properly because it is such a big topic. Um, that I wanted to make sure that everything I said was exactly how I'm meaning it to say, if that makes sense. Anyway, um, so she, yes, she said, it's like your overprotective friend that's telling you um, that everything is dangerous. And so you do have triggers that does actually like, like a physical trigger or something that actually gets that um, spinning going as well. So that and that can be different for a whole range of people. Like I was actually quite lucky because mine was considered a mild form um, because some people have, it sounds like a horrendous time with this, um, but you can have things like noise. Noise is actually a big one for me. When there's a lot of noise going on, like just say the TV's blasting, the kids are running around screaming and Patty's talking to me, like it 
freaks me out. It's like such an overload. And that would often, especially when I was really in it, be too much. And I could feel the room start to move around again. Um, and also things like busy visuals. So going into the supermarket, she was like, do you ever get, when you walk in a supermarket, do you feel yourself getting those symptoms? And I was like, yes, I do actually, I have noticed that. And she goes, that's because there's so much like visual stimulation that your brain can't digest it properly. So that friend goes, I think you're in trouble and I think we're in danger. So you need to spin. So it was really like having that awareness of like, where, where was I when I felt myself being triggered? So I really started to understand my mind a lot more. So for me, um, yeah, visual stimulation and noise was often a really big one. Um, but she, there's a whole list of things. Like if you, if you, if you feel like this is something that maybe you are experiencing, if you Google it, you will be able to get a list of triggers. And it's interesting to see which ones do trigger um, that response. Like some of them is like driving to places that um, you've never been to before, which is I, I have that it makes, it freaks me out. Like if I don't know where I'm going, I'm like, ah. um, but that, yeah, it's really interesting. Like some of the things that people have experienced or that they're triggered by it's bizarre. The brain is a very bizarre thing. Um, so she taught me some tools that were so simple that I, at the beginning was like, what is this woman on? Like, how is this supposed to fix my brain? because it's so simple, um, but she is, she is a genius. So the first one, and I think also another thing, because they are so simple, it is actually very empowering because it's not like something that you need to go and like buy or learn or get a degree in or go and see a specialist. Like these are things that are so simple that you can do it multiple times a day for free. <clears throat> so the first one was box breathing. Box breathing is used by Marines. And the idea of it is that you breathe in for four. So one, two, three, four. You hold for four. You breathe out for four. And you hold for four. So literally like you're making a box with your breath. And so she would get me to like draw a line in the air, like um, in for four, out for four, hold, you know, you know what I mean? And so the idea of box breathing is that, and this is why the Marines do it, is because when you are under immense stress, your breathing will be very all over the place. Like you'll be very like, you know, shallow breaths. You won't be breathing out very much. You're very like, it's very short, very panicky breaths. And so obviously your body will react to that. But if you are able to have a controlled breath and you're able to exhale, your brain doesn't think you're in danger. Because if you were in danger, you would not be able to exhale 
for a long period of time, which is four counts, four seconds. So the idea of it is by getting yourself into that pattern of being able to control your breathing and slow it down, you're sending a message to your brain that you are not in danger, that you are safe and everything is okay. So when you get really worked up and you feel like everything is too much and you just can't, you can't breathe, you're getting (coughs) really panicky, do box breathing. And I, I would do that every single day. Every single time I felt myself getting really triggered by something, I would just literally slow down and like do maybe 10 counts of it. And I felt like a different person because everything around me, it felt like it all slowed down. So box breathing was a really, really um, helpful one for me. Uh, The next one was mindfulness. And this is obviously something that we all hear about all the time. And it can be seen as a bit woo-woo and whatever, but it is very um, beneficial. So what she would get me to do is I would have to sit and I would do my box breathing. And then I would just um, pay attention to everything around me. So what my clothes felt like, like what did my pants feel like on my legs? Could I feel the socks on my feet? Um, Could I feel my t-shirt on my shoulders? Could I feel the scrunchie in my hair? Um, What birds, were there birds chirping outside? Could I hear the breeze? Could I hear any cars driving past? Um, Could I hear the fridge make a noise? Was the air cold or warm? Did I feel that? you know, really like honing in on all the details around me. And I think it almost worked like a similar to box breathing where being able to really like be in the moment and be super present to such like little tiny details. It kind of was very like met like, almost got you in like a meditative state or it um I don't know it, it was very similar to box breathing because it just told your brain and distracted you from those busy thoughts and it got you looking at really simple things and feelings um and took away that complication that you were making for yourself um and again it's something that's so easy to do It takes maybe two minutes if you want to, Um, but she would get me to do that every time I spoke to her. And another thing that was actually so like funny is that she said, when you walk, do you catch yourself looking down at the ground or do you look up? I was like, I think I might look down. And she goes, when people are experiencing triple PD or extreme anxiety, they look down because their brain is looking for danger. And so when you're walking, you are looking at the ground, looking for like something you could trip on, something you can fall over, something you might fall in. Um, And she goes, so what you need to do is when you walk, lift your head up. And she goes, it sounds easy, but it's actually not. And I later found out that some people with triple PD, if they walk with their head up, they literally can't function like they throw up they fall over 
they fall into like almost like a fit because their brain is so uncomfortable with the idea of simply looking ahead and not looking down for any danger, which is so extreme. But I did notice that when I walked, I would look at the ground, which was so weird. Like I just found that really bizarre. So even to this day, sometimes if I'm really stressed and I'm going for a walk, I'll catch myself looking at the ground. So I'll physically be like, no, look up, look up, look up at the trees, look up at the birds, not like up in the sky where you are going to fall over, but simply like look ahead, you know, where you're walking to, not what you're walking on, Um, which I thought was like the brain. It's so weird. The brain constantly fascinates me. So I thought that one was a really funny one. Um, and then the next thing she did was do something you're avoiding doing, um, which can be, which can be hard. So for me, what would that be? So at the time I would often avoid going to the supermarket because I felt like at this point, again, we were in 2020, So I felt like going to the supermarket was a big reminder that we were in a pandemic. The empty shelves were really stressful. People were very dark, I found. Um, You know, everyone had to wear a mask, which was quite a foreign thing at that time. Um, I just found it really like sad to go out and I would avoid it, maybe not consciously, but I would often, if Patty was like, oh, I don't mind going, I'd be like, okay, you go. And so when I was working with her, she made me think about the things I avoid. So that was one of them. So I was like, okay, I will start going to the shops and face these gloomy crowds. And at first it was like really uncomfortable and I didn't realize how much of a physical um, impact it was going to have on me. Because in my mind, I was like, I can go to the supermarket. Like, that's totally fine. But then, like, as soon as I got in the car, I was like, oh, I feel so yucky. And when I got there, I could feel the, like, spinning start. So I really, like, brought in the tools that she had given me. So I would just kind of, like, breathe through it. And I would be mindful of like, you know, just looking at one thing at a time, not really like like taking my time, not rushing through it because I had nowhere to go. <laughs> no one had anywhere to go at that point. Um, and so even though at first it made me feel uncomfortable, I actually felt really proud of myself that I had done it. And it gave me a boost to try and figure out other things that I had been avoiding and realizing that. I could do it and it wasn't going to hurt me. And yeah, maybe it's uncomfortable, but I still had all my limbs. I wasn't sick. Um, You know, it's not the end of the world. And I think like doing stuff like that, taking yourself out of your comfort zone, even if it's like a very small amount, it does give you that confidence boost. And it does give you that kind of like accomplishment. Like, yes, I did that. Even though I didn't want to do it, I did it. And nothing bad happened. So I can, I can do it again. So I thought that was a really, a really powerful thing, which may seem to some people totally like whatever, like that's not a big deal. But if you experience that and you have, have those things that make you feel 
fearful or uncomfortable, being able to accomplish accomplish it and um, face that fear or anxiety about it is a big moment. Um, and then another thing that she really, um, something that I had actually had already been doing but had slipped, so she reminded me more, was making a morning routine. And this is something that obviously I've mentioned a million times on this podcast, but there's a reason for it. Um, and she said, because when you start the day and you have that time where you do something for yourself, whether it be make a coffee, read a book, do yoga, do a meditation, um, you're doing something that gets your mind in a really positive state and it kind of lifts you up and it's something that's comfortable for you, something that you understand, something that makes you feel good. So already that friend in your brain who is looking for danger is kind of like you're going, shh, 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 everything's all good because I'm doing something happy. And it kind of just like gets you in a more positive frame of mind um, to start your day. Because if you start the day immediately, like rushing, stressed, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Like who's going to step in? Like they're going to be there straight away going, hey, your day is going to be shit, you know? So by giving yourself the gift of getting up for even 15 minutes, 10 minutes and just doing something, um, I know I really feel a difference. And a lot of people I've talked to on here have said the same where just that simple act of making a coffee and drinking it, it makes you feel really good about yourself. And she really stressed that that's something that you need to prioritize um, to start your day in that positive frame of mind. Ah, just had some tea. Um, so from there, all using all those things to kind of end that story, um, by practicing all of them, I was able to control the triple PD, which was really cool. And because I had such a hesitation at the beginning, like how is breathing going to get rid of this, like rocking in my brain? Like, this is a physical thing that's driving me insane. So I was really shocked at how quickly I was able to shift and use those things and how it just left. And from then on, when I have felt myself starting to slip and I'm feeling really stressed and just, you know, maybe you're also run down, like you're, when you're in that prime, um, you're a prime target for something like that happening. When you're run down, stressed, tired, all of that. I immediately start to do the box breathing, do the mindfulness, and I can feel it start to walk away straight away. So they are very powerful tools, as simple as they may seem. But from then, I have kind of gone on to incorporate my own um, anxiety tool belt, I guess. And these incorporate some of my own, like some of the things that my that psychologist gave me um, some things that I have also found myself. And then also like the more I've dived into my witch path, incorporating some of that as well. So I'll, I'll quickly go through. I don't want to sit here for hours going over it, but these are the things that I find have really helped me not only with the extreme, like triple PD 
days, but also just for general anxiety, which is something a lot of us feel and have felt because it has been a really hard couple of years and life can be stressful. So unfortunately, anxiety, like pretty much nearly everyone I know suffers from a form of it. Um, So I, I find these really helpful for me. So the first one is I always name the beast. So what is the cause of my anxiety? You know, and that takes a little bit of like internal diving because often you don't know, often you have no idea. I, there are, I have many days where I go, I just feel off. I just feel anxious. I don't know what it is. Like I, I really don't. Um, And that's okay. So on those days, sometimes I'll go, I think I'm tired. Like I, I know when I don't sleep well, the next day I'll, I'll usually have anxiety. So sometimes I'll go, I think I'm just tired. I'm overtired. And I think that's the beast. I think that's the trigger. But then sometimes I'll be like, I think it's because I'm going somewhere that I'm not used to. And I don't know what the people are going to be like. Maybe it's that. So it's just like taking a moment to go, what is it? What, like, even if it's something really little, like don't feel stupid because anxiety is a real thing. Um, so just try and name it. Once you name it, you know, I think that takes a little bit of power away from it because you have control. You know what it looks like now. Um, and the second thing is don't fight how you're feeling. Um, because often we'll go, oh, I just don't, I don't want to be feeling like this today. Like I'm so frustrated that I'm feeling anxious. Like why today? Why do I have to feel this? And you get angry with yourself. You get frustrated that your anxiety is getting worse. Um, and of course it's getting worse because you're feeding it because you're trying to change the way you are and you can't. Sometimes you just can't. You can do things to help. You have tools that can help but there will be days where you just feel anxious. And I think by going today, I feel anxious. You are allowing your feelings. You are acknowledging them and saying to yourself, you know, I get today is one of those days and I'm not going to fight you on it. I'm going to just let it happen and let it pass because I feel like often when you allow those feelings to be there, you, um, they'll go quicker because the more you fight it, the more anxiety you create within yourself. So sometimes it's just simply a matter of letting go and embracing. I feel like this today. So maybe today you are a bit more internal. Maybe you stay home. Maybe you kind of just make more of an effort to do things that calm you, keep the house calm, keep the noise to a minimum, minimum, you know, things like that. Just look after yourself. Don't fight yourself. Um, Another one is that find your triggers. And this is not the causes of anxiety. These are the triggers. So like I said before, if I have a bad night's sleep or if I go to bed way too late, guarantee the next day, if not straight away throughout the day, I'll get anxiety. Um, I just know a sleepy Amy is not a happy Amy. (laughs) So I'm not one of those people who will stay up till one o'clock in the morning watching a movie because I know 
as fun as it might be, I'm going to feel like crap the next day. It's just not worth it. So I always try and get myself um, to bed early. Another thing is um, coffee for me is a big trigger, um, as in caffeine. I know that if I, I can probably have one coffee, that's fine. But if I have two, nah, no good. <laughs> I am no good. I will be overanalyzing the shit out of everything. So no, I only drink decaf coffee. Um, that's just standard rule for me. Um, some people have alcohol as a trigger. Sugar is a big one. I know if I have too much sugar, then I'm a bit of a mess. I mean, look at kids when they have sugar. It's, it's a real thing. <laughs> um, and then things like noise, you know, it, it, it's all different. It's always different for everybody. Um, so it's about, yeah, trying to find the things that don't necessarily aren't just like the cause, but they make it worse for you. Um, grounding. Grounding is very calming experience. It's very similar to the mindfulness that uh, I talked about before, but going outside barefoot when you're in a tiz, when you feel yourself so overwhelmed and standing on the dirt, if possible, I mean, whatever you can do, some people are on a balcony and that's fine. But if you can get yourself into the earth and the grass or the dirt and really just like imagine yourself growing roots through your feet into the dirt. And I just find having that like connection with the earth is very calming. And I mean, it's been like proved, like scientifically proven that grounding or earthing reduces inflammation and anxiety. So there you go. Enough said, really. I mean, you can, there's actually a doco called, I think it's called earthing. And it talks a lot about um, the connection with grounding and anxiety. So if you are interested, definitely check that out um, because it's a good one. Um, then there's different crystals that you can use. Sorry, my phone is ringing. How rude. Um, then there's crystals that you can use if you're definitely a crystal person. Um, so really grounding crystals are things like smoky quartz, um, moss agate. A lot of green crystals are really good um, to ground you when you're feeling, because like often with anxiety, I feel like your mind is spiraling up in the air. So you kind of want to get yourself down back onto the earth. Um, but then there's also crystals that are very, they bring clarity. Um, so things like sodalite are good because they get rid of the chatter in your brain. I use that when I have a busy mind, I hold onto a piece of sodalite and it gets rid of the noise. Um, and then there's also things like fluorite and, um, Oh, fluorite's good because it's very, it's like the ocean, you know, I always think of it like it kind of clears out your brain. It's very calming and relaxing. And then rose quartz, it's like someone's giving you a hug. It's so beautiful. Um, but again, do research. There's so many crystals um, and there may, there may be some that work better for you and some that don't. So kind of find, it's very personal, find your own thing. Um, the other one is finding your happy place. For me, whenever I go to the beach or the ocean, I feel my anxiety completely disappear because to me, 
it makes me feel like I'm plugged into a um, the wall, like I'm getting recharged. All those like things that are bothering me don't really matter. They're washed away. Um, they, it's just my happy place. And some people may feel like the forest or, I don't know, maybe it's your room. Maybe you've made a bedroom that's your sanctuary. And whenever you're in there, it makes you feel really calm. But find your place for the days where you just really need to find yourself again. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to have. Um, obviously, there's things like potions you can make. They're a bit more um, for the witchy people. So things like I, I made one of my rollers that I sell is called Breathe for that reason because it's got a mixture of lavender, peppermint and rosemary. So there's things to um, clear out negative, but also calm you. Um, So I use that on my temples and on my chest whenever I'm feeling really anxious. And then I'll also use like, um, I have a wood elf one as well, which is for grounding. So I put that on the bottom of my feet. So creating your own potions or finding potions that do a similar thing for you is really helpful. then cleansing your home, get rid of the bad vibes. You don't want them. You know, I think whenever you've been feeling anxious or there's been something extremely stressful going on in your life, or you've had a fight or something, all that energy stays in your house. And so you could leave, get fresh air, feel all good. And then you walk straight back into it as well. So if you've been feeling, um, that bad anxiety, you've been feeling like something's wrong. You need to cleanse that energy out of your house. And that sometimes you'll have to do that like multiple times a day. If you really are in a bad state, it needs to just be out, get it out, get it out. So that could be, you know, using herbs, you could use sprays, you could open the windows, just something to change the energy up. Your home is your safe place. It's where you go to recharge and feel good and get rid of anxiety, not be a cause of it. So cleansing your house is super important. Um, Acupuncture is actually one that I have used a lot. Um, I, I mean, I don't have a big knowledge on Chinese medicine. All I know is that if you find a good acupuncture person, they're, they're great. They are they are a game changer. So I try to go regularly um, for just as a preventative, I think more than anything, sometimes I'll go if I am feeling super stressy, but I feel like by having that regular routine with them, it kind of just like keeps it at bay, you know, just like every once in a while, get a little top up and it helps. Um, Meditation, obviously, that's going to be helpful finding a morning routine, which is what I said before. Um, But I think like a really important thing to do is all of these things. I see them as a circuit breaker. Um, Often when you have anxiety, you feel like you're stuck in a circle of, you know, rational thought, irrational thought, rational thought, irrational thought. And it kind of like grows and grows and grows and spirals. So I think having a circuit breaker um, is super important. And that can be any of those things that can be going and standing outside that can be 
calling up somebody and saying, I feel really anxious, getting it all off your chest. Um, that can be having a bath because you know that water makes you feel better. Find a circuit breaker and don't let yourself spiral, which can be hard because you know you are stuck in your brain. But if you're able to do that, even if it's a slight one, you will find that spiral will start to kind of even out a little bit. Um, but there is also so much power in talking to somebody like it's hard and often you feel like you're crazy. Like you feel like people are going to judge you because you're overanalyzing something and people will say that people will say you're being silly. You're reading into it too much, but if you have the right person, whether it be a professional, um, or a friend or a family member, but someone that you know will listen to you without judgment, without trying to fix you, um, would who are just going to be there, keep them and talk to them because it's not stupid and your feelings and thoughts are valid. Even if they may not necessarily be true, you're, you're still valid and you still feel that way. And so by talking to someone, you're kind of like taking that power away and, and just kind of taking it out of your mind. Like, you know, in, um, remember in Harry Potter, there's that one where Dumbledore was like taking the thoughts out of his mind because he was, I can't remember the context right this second, but he was like literally taking him out of his brain and putting them into this like magical bowl. It's kind of like that. It's like taking it out of your brain and throwing it away. And yeah, it doesn't mean it's going to change anything, but it's kind of just takes that weight off your shoulders and you verbalized it. And then maybe your brain will have enough pause to go, that just sounds stupid. That's actually, that's actually not right at all. I don't know why I'm thinking that. And you'll be able to kind of like let it go. Or that person who you're talking to will be able to just go, I hear you and everything is going to be okay. Um, so yes, finding someone that you can talk to is really important. It's hard, but it's important. And I highly recommend that. Um, so that was my journey. That was my journey or is my journey. It's still, I still get anxiety to this day. Um, but they are the things that I find the most helpful for me. And I'm always kind of like altering it and finding new ways because, you know, some days are harder than others and you do need to kind of like flow with where you're growing and how you're feeling. Um, but I do find that those things are often the most helpful to me. So if they can help you, then that's amazing. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, but the important thing is that you it's a personal journey. So you need to find what works for you and you need to acknowledge it and work on it because if you leave it, um, it's going to grow and it's going to get worse. It doesn't, it doesn't get better. Trust me, I've left it and it gets worse and we don't want that. We want healthy minds and strong minds. Um, so I highly, highly recommend finding your tool belt and the things that work for you. And it's trial and error, um, but you can always find someone who can help you with that if needs be.
So I have some questions um, that some of you have asked me. I put up a little thing on Instagram the other day if anyone had questions regarding anxiety. So I may not answer all of them, but I will try and answer some of them now. Um, let me have a look. I get anxious when people question me about witchcraft. How do you overcome that? Um, I totally understand. I think that often comes with fear of judgment and maybe also um, lack of confidence in your own craft and pathway. Um, I mean, there's a few different ways to look at it. Um, at the end of the day, it's your life. It's your chosen pathway. It's your belief. And if anyone has an issue with that, it really says more about them than it does about you. Um, so I always try and remember that. I know that if someone told me they believe that the earth was flat, whilst I don't agree with it, like, I don't really care <laughs> if they think that way, then they think that way. It doesn't affect my life in any way. So I try not to judge people. And I have that expectation that people shouldn't judge me. Unfortunately, people do. Um, but I think having that mentality of, well, that says more about you than it does about me then that makes me feel better because I'm not like that. Um, but also um, the more you dive into your path and the more confident you become with it and the more you find yourself, the more you just don't give a shit really. Um, like I used to be really uncomfortable even talking about it and I'd kind of get a bit funny if people mentioned it or like I could feel my heart beat really fast because I was like oh no the attention's gonna be on me and I have to talk about it but now I don't care because I've been doing it for quite a while now and I I know myself and I know that it works for me I know what I believe it makes sense to me um and so having that confidence I feel just kind of makes you go I, I don't really care and you know what if you feel like that person's gonna judge you then don't talk about it like don't mention it not because you're ashamed of yourself or anything, but because you don't want to put yourself in a position where someone's going to judge you. Um, yeah, like kind of just look after yourself. It doesn't have to be a public practice. It's it's a It can be private, it can be personal. So you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, especially with people who you feel are going to judge you. And when you feel ready, you will speak up and you will say something. Um, but maybe now it's just not that time. I don't know. Um, doing the spell wrong and it having a terrible effect. I'm assuming that's a trigger, an anxiety trigger for you. And I totally get that. Um, just remember that um, I think there would only be really, really negative effects if you were doing something really full on and probably negative. So I know there's a lot of Wiccan beliefs that what goes wrong comes around. So if you're putting bad out to someone, it's going to come back to you threefold. And I think in a similar vein, if you're doing something really negative and really dark, I would probably be more concerned about the terrible effects it could have if you do it wrong. Um, but I think if you're doing like day-to-day -day rituals and, and spells and whatever, the worst that's really going to happen is it's not going to work, which 
can be annoying, but it's not the end of the world. And you just learn from it. Um, you know, I wouldn't be too concerned. I know that's so easy to say, but it's just like taking that pressure off your work because if you put that negative energy into it before it's even begun, you're kind of like, you know, you think of a balloon, you're cutting the string before it's had a chance to fly. So you need to just trust that you you and your intuition and what you've put into something is right because at the end of the day, it's all about intent. The tools and the stuff is just extra, you know, it really comes back to your mind. So if your intent is pure and your intent is real, then you have nothing to worry about. Okay. So that's all you need to remember. Come from a good place and good things will happen. Um, I'm keen, I guess I'm keen to know if anyone else goes weeks without any practice just because they can't. Absolutely. 100%. I'm actually in a similar boat right now because I've been so busy and sometimes life is hectic. Like I've got two kids, I've run a business, we've had life stuff going on. Like, yeah, it happens. It totally happens. And there's nothing wrong with that. And people often, and I'm guilty of this going, oh, I'm a bad witch because I haven't done any work. And yeah, you feel a bit guilty. And sometimes it makes me feel a bit sad because doing witchcraft makes me happy. So yeah, it's totally normal. And I think just recognizing that that's what you want to do for yourself and trying to like carve out the time to do it. Even if it's something small, then that's enough. Even if it's like taking a moment to look at the moon, see what phase it's in. Like that's, that's still doing something, you know, like sitting outside and acknowledging where nature's at at the moment. That's something. So I, I put a lot of stress on myself and I often feel so guilty for that exact thing. So no, you're absolutely not alone. Um, and I think majority of us would probably agree that we've all been there and probably will be there again. Um, let's have a look. Maybe we'll do one more. Do you ever get anxious about your beliefs, whether magic is real? Uh, I guess it's like more doubting your own path, isn't it? And I've definitely had those times, especially when like I've had a few things happen that have been really hard. Um, and I've had moments going like that wasn't supposed to happen. You know, I, I thought I had done things. I put things in place to prevent something like this happening and it still happened. And that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, like why, 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 why me? And yeah, you do. You have moments where you doubt it. But I think always trying to remember the times when you had extreme confirmation, when they did go right, when things did happen. Like you can't forget about those moments when something bad or something doesn't go your way. Um, because sometimes like things happen. Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes it doesn't work and it's not you. It's just maybe how it was meant to go. Maybe things were meant to unfold that way, which is, it can be shit. It can be hard, but that's just, maybe it's for a greater reason. You know, I think sometimes we overanalyze it and we overlook it and we, 
expect a lot. And yeah, when it doesn't go our way, we immediately doubt it. But having those reminders of when things did go right, like bring yourself back to that and then maybe try again. You know, I remember I was driving down the freeway once and there was like almost this, um, what do you call it? a flare, a flare gun, like the sparkles from a flare gun flying over my car right in front of my car and kind of like sparkled into like a mini firework. And I was on the phone to Patty and I was like, what is that? What is going on? And I looked around and no one even like noticed it. It was as though everyone was completely blind to it, but me, but it was clear as day, clear as day. And I was freaking out about it and no one else saw it. And I was like, well, that was a moment when a physical thing happened and I saw it and I cannot deny it and I know it happened. And so when I do have my times where I have doubt, I think about that and go, but I saw it and I knew something had happened and maybe I don't understand what it was, but I know it was there. And it kind of like brings me back and goes, yes, it is there. It is real, but sometimes things just don't go our way. So yeah. To conclude, find your moment where magic occurred and it will squash the doubt for the future, I feel. Um, Well, I hope, I really hope that helped. I hope that you guys got something from that. I know that anxiety is common. I know a lot of us are feeling it. And when I first mentioned doing this on on, um, Instagram, I had a lot of people want me to talk about it so I really hope that maybe you got something from it today I hope that it made sense it's such a big topic it's hard to like even grasp it but I hope that I communicated it well enough and again all of that is my personal journey it's taken years and years for me to find what works for me so please find what works for you and maybe some of the things I said will help um Maybe they won't. Maybe it'll be something completely different, but that's your journey. And maybe you can share some of the things that help you. You know, when I post this, maybe if you want to write underneath for other people, because maybe, you know, by bringing more awareness to this, because anxiety can have so much shame and embarrassment about it because it is such a like silent killer. It's something that you can't physically see, but in someone's mind, it's like a freight train of crazy thoughts. So by sharing and like being more open about it, we're going to help each other out. So please, if you have your own, like share and let us all know. Um, I would definitely be keen to read it. Um, And thank you for listening. You know, if you want to connect with me more and let me know your thoughts, you can find me in the usual places, which is um, on Instagram under Wick and Sage. Um, I, you can watch this on YouTube and that's at Rose Thorn Cottage. And then also, um, you can come over and join me at Patreon where we do all kinds of witchy things and there's bonus episodes and all that fun stuff. So, um, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere, but thank you. It was, again, it's a big topic and I only kind of touched it very briefly. Um, but I do hope it helped and I hope that... You guys are all doing amazing 
and uh, we got this man we totally got it so have a beautiful week and I will see you on the next episode bye